When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Criminality Show, the podcast where I, Rebecca, and my co-host Melissa talk about reality TV and the crimes and legal troubles these people on these shows seem to get into on the regular. Hi, Melissa. On the regular for sure. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm excited to, to see you on this fine Monday night. Yeah, that's not a thing you say a lot, right? Well, Good to see me Only and also when it's you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not the Sunday scaries. It could be worse. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> I didn't have that last night. Good. My my Monday was my Monday work was for this and with you. And honestly, it it doesn't cause me anxiety. Wow. Well, I mean, that's really all we can ask for these days, I feel like. Um, I speaking of like yes. crimes and stuff, I saw something and Rebecca, I didn't even go back to Google it because I was like, I don't think I can handle this. Where Mike, the situation, our very first episode, could be back in IRS trouble. How, Rebecca? How? No. No, that is so disappointing. I should have Googled before I announced that, but I really I have think not I saw read that. or seen it. I'm sure you did. You could have dreamed it though. Honestly, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if we were having dreams like this. But let's cross our fingers. Uh, maybe it was like a clerical error. Right. Well, let's say allegedly. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's also say allegedly. There, actually, as soon as you said it could have been a dream, I was like, you know what? It's not the strangest thing I would have dreamt about. Yeah, no. OK. <laughs> Forget and it. If you're going to dream about him. Frankly, I'm glad to be keeping it in like a white collar <laughs> situation. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, that works for me. Yeah, I mean, he's not winsome. No, oh, Rebecca. He kind, he kind, he kind of is. Honestly, there is a charm to him that I don't understand. There's it's charisma. It's charisma. He has it. It is charisma, but like the suave thing doesn't really do anything for me normally. But something with him and his stupid sayings and you know, the comeback is better than the setback. I hate that, and I still am charmed by it. Just try yeah, to show you, your arms, You love buddy. to hate it. I love those you muscles. You love to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. There is a, a je ne sais quoi about her. <laughs> However you say that in Italian. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was very confident with how you said it and just thought to myself, thank goodness I don't have to read those words. I never know how well, to say it. Well, that was French. I'm saying I wish I knew how to say it in Italian specifically for him. But I thought you were saying <laughs> it. <laughs> and I still am not confident in saying it. So... Wow, this has been a Criminality, journey. Yeah. the global podcast. <laughs> Welcome, international <laughs> listeners. Well, let's let's get into it because this is an ambitious episode, Melissa. Because I have crammed not one but three stories into tonight's episode. Because some of you may know, Melissa, I know you do that. My professional background is mostly in marketing and brand identity. 
And when it comes to Bravo Leopardies, I mean, brand is everything. 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 From the vintage Orange County era, we have the Lynn Curtain Cuff, to the mid-era Heather Thompson's line of shapewear called Yummy, to more recent franchises like The Real Housewives of Potomac, where we were blessed with Karen Huger's fragrance line, La Grande Dame. I mean, and these are just but three. I'm sure you could name three if I asked you right now. In fact, Melissa, three other brands. Drop it by Drew. She by Sheree that we're waiting Mm -hmm. for summer, spring, winter, or September. And (laughs) uh, I can do another one. Um, Oh, uh, scamming people. Uh, The Jen Shaw story. What is that one? There you go. What is her business called? (laughs) I don't know. I don't think we ever knew. Everything is just versus Jen Shaw yeah, on yeah. the court documents. <laughs> <laughs> what is her actual business? Interesting. Yes, great. Exactly. So, yeah, we don't have to search very far to see. I mean, look, even Craig from um, Southern Charm, he's got decorative pillows. He, he took sewing, made that his brand. Now he sells pillows. I would argue that new housewives are just as interested in launching a product or a business on the show as they are in displaying their wealth and lavish lifestyle. In fact, I think it's moved much more towards that. I'd also argue some of them are betting on using the show to launch a business or product that they have not established yet. So let's go through three stories. And at the end of each one, Melissa, because there's three and I want to make sure you're like, you know, we're with each other this whole time we're tracking. I'm going to ask you to play judge and you tell me how you would have ruled in these cheater brand situations. This is, oh, it's a situation. (laughs) It is a situation. It's a big situation. So my interest was recently piqued when on an episode of um, Summer House, the most recent season, which I think is season six, Kyle casually, I say in jest, mentioned the Loverboy lawsuits. So I did a little sleuthing to get the scoop, and what I learned, which I'm going to tell you about in a moment, brought me back to 2016 when I was flooded with Cheetah brand memories. <laughs> I mean, really, like one of the cringiest housewife sit-down moments to date was when Bethany confronted Sonia about her new line of Prosecco Tipsy Girl, which sounds suspiciously like what is unequivocally the most successful brand to come out of Bravo to date, yes. Skinny Girl by Bethany Frankel. So a little refresher on Skinny Girl started out in 2009 as this kind of diet, low sugar, low carb margarita mixer that Bethany turned into an extensive product line of alcohol beverages launched into snack foods and other ancillary products. You see everything. Salad dressings, et cetera. Exactly. She sold this to Jim Beam. The number, the exact number has never been exactly specified, but it's reported to be around $100 million in 2014. Now we saw her hustle, like those early seasons, right? In the grocery store with her samples, like her little, was it a little bug that she drove around? Like a VW bug? Oh, she did. She had a little car in her little tiny apartment Mm -hmm. that I know exactly. I've driven by that building so many times. It's right on your way. when you get onto the FDR, it's like, I know exactly the building. Jason number one was there. Jason number one, Cookie, the original dog. Yes. So she would sell this for what we believe to be around $100 million in 2014, which is just wild because that's only five years after she started it. And it felt like she hustled for so long, but five years is nothing to have that massive of a successful merger, transaction, sale, et cetera. So this transaction led to a new line item in every single Bravo cast member's contract called the Bethany Clause. 
you know about this. Well, and funny enough, I was just thinking like I didn't want to interrupt you with it because I thought you'd probably get to it. But she just talked about it on her TikTok this week. Did she really will have to post that? Yeah. And it was like her confirmation because I've always heard of this. But then hearing her say, here's how much she talks about how much she got an episode and how she had that written in her contract. And that's what they call it now. It's fascinating. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's wild. I can't wait to watch this. And also, I was told this in confidence by somebody kind of in the industry was like, don't tell anyone, but there's something called a Bethany clause. So I thought it was kind of like insider information, but I read lots of publications that are now like it's it's open information now. And Kyle Cook actually mentions it Mm -hmm. in an article in The Cut. So I like that people are talking about it. But um, essentially, this clause guarantees that if a cast member launches and sells a product at a certain value, Bravo's going to get a piece because they provided the platform to boost the brand's awareness. But it didn't exist, or or so I thought, in Bethany's original contract. Does she say that in the TikTok, that it was there? Yeah, so she says, I think they made like $12,000 for the entire first season, and it said basically... Um, you know, Bravo can have a cut. And she said, no, I, I don't care about the money. I want to own my brand. And she was kind of talking about how, you know, look at the long term for stuff like this and how now they have the Bethany clause um, because of her doing that, which is amazing. But that was like confirmation because s- I've always thought it was like lore or something. I didn't yes, know it was true. exactly. Like it was a little bit of an urban legend, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry. She's such a baller. Like totally. She just pieced out of there with her like newfound mega wealth Mm -hmm. and like she is controversial no doubt but like she she really has done it like no other housewife has done it and now there is this clause which I just think is wild so apparently since Bethany this clause has never been executed but that's kind of because nobody has had as successful a product or brand but it still exists in every contract But let's get back to the tipsy, skinny girl debacle. For anyone who doesn't remember or who never saw it, this is the scene where Sonia and Bethany encounter one another after Sonia has announced a new line of Prosecco that she's launching at her birthday party where she asks her friends to taste it that she's calling tipsy girl. Bethany was not at this party, but word got to her very quickly. And she did not waste time activating. Melissa, let's roll a little clip of this Oh, I didn't think oh, I was going to have to moment. relive it. Oh, it is so painful. I almost feel bad putting you and the listeners through it, but I think it's important to set the scene. It is. I'm not even at that point. I asked friends at a personal birthday party to try my Prosecco and let With- me know what they thought of it at a personal birthday party. Okay. And everyone said it tasted really good. Okay, so can I just... And they I, said I, the rosé was listen. great. And I love the name. I thought it was so cute. I'm sure you do. He I'm came sorry. up with it. They call it a cheater brand. When a brand rides on the coattails of another brand and kind of uses a similar name. They call it a cheater brand. I don't believe that. I think it's kind of a fluke that's, you know, tipsy girl and skinny girl. Oh, like, you think it's a both fluke? drinks. Oh, I it's just it was like fun. some wizard out of I uh, wasn't trying to like cop obviously I you know you inspire but you cho- me. Right. You mentor me. I look up to you. If I could have anything like you, I love that. You know that about me. I'm not going right, to well, that. Well, here's the situation. I, when I walked in the door, I said I had the same colors on my website Amazing. as Amazing. Here's the situation. The situation is the following. You've asked me before for business advice, and I told you, I'm actually just personally hurt. I don't care. You can't affect my business at all. It doesn't matter. Let me, I'm going to finish talking. I'm going to finish talking. I'm going to finish talking. And then you can say whatever you want to say. But I put my neck out for you, brought you into my world, into my brand summit. I'm completely insulted, I and I don't that. want anything to do with you. Ouch. It's painful, right? It is. Yeah. 
So Bethany later on the show says you can't play smart and stupid when talking about Sonia. And she thinks Sonia basically is is putting on an act. Yeah. I'm curious, do you think that? So a little, just the way she's so, you know, I love you. And you know, like she knows that somebody's told her already, you know, this is a lot like Bethany's <laughs> and maybe she won't be happy. So she's trying to almost love bomb herself into <laughs> complimenting her. Good way to put and, it. And uh, yeah. Oh, but man, I just don't think Sonia realized it was that deep with Bethany, like that she would just be so angry personally at her. Yeah, Ugh. I I think there was some awareness, but that she underestimated mm-hmm. Bethany, which is your first mistake. Absolutely. I mean, like rookie mistake. Um, so in most discussions about copyright or trademark infringement, which is really what we're focusing on today in all three stories, the phrase copycat is what's usually used in legal jargon and, you know, even in documents. Right. But if you are part of the Bravo universe, like you and I and our listeners are, you hear cheater brand and you know exactly what I'm talking about, which leads me to believe that Bethany actually coined that term. I cannot confirm that, but if you just Google the term cheater brand and nothing else, only things about Bethany and Real Housewives of New York come up, then other articles where they reference it in quotes, cite her in them. So I just, again, fascinated by Bethany because I think she just spoke this like into existence and now it's this accepted phrase when talking about these situations. Totally. Okay. So we heard the moment where Bethany confronts Sonia, but here's what happened in the following days, months, and years. Basically, Bethany loses her mind. And what isn't mentioned on the show, but is a fact, is that Sonia and her questionable business partner, Peter Gumarez, sorry if I mispronounced that, and if that name sounds familiar, he's the restaurateur that Ramona was going to go into business with for that sports bar in Midtown, that like very weird fit that wasn't a fit. And you're like, what is this? Same guy. So... They were going to open a restaurant bar called Tipsy Girl. The idea was that there'd be this all-day happy hour and it will attract tourists and Bravo fans. Now, there's no mention of the restaurant on the show, but according to Peter's Instagram, in October of 2015, the restaurant was ready to open. Like, there was an awning that said Tipsy Girl, but they never had a grand opening. I know, you're shocked. But it's because the community board never approved the liquor license. Now, I can only imagine getting a restaurant open in New York is not easy. But in Midtown, to not get a liquor license, like, why? Like, everyone has one. It's not a super residential neighborhood. Right. Like, it shouldn't be hard. And there were there is speculation that they did not want the kind of crowd that this restaurant was targeting. They didn't want to, to I guess, assist in that kind of business okay. opening, which says a lot about, I guess, someone like me who would definitely have gone. Totally. <laughs> like I did go to, you know, the new Vanderpump place yeah. in the Paris Hotel. So no problem. They shuttered that place before it even opened. And Sonia and Peter say, Manhattan who? We'll just take Tipsy Girl to the next sexy metropolis, Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> now, honestly, nothing against Hartford or Connecticut in general. It's like a really pretty state. I love going there. So really, that was just a fun joke. Um, So they did open a restaurant in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, It has since closed down. But what did Bethany do when she heard about all of this? That's the question. We know she was mad, but what did she do? 
So Bethany has an LLC in place just to work on as, as basically a holding company for, for trademarks she's registering. Oh, okay. And she has a team of attorneys who are constantly making sure that her brand is protected and nobody is using words, names, titles that she is using or wants to right. use inappropriately. So what they decide to do is attempt to trademark the name Tipsy Girl. And Melissa, I'm sure you're wondering, well, how could she do that if Sonia already registered the name for the Prosecco oh, and the restaurant? Well, that was Tipsy Girl, two words. Bethany took Tipsy Girl, one word, and registered it as a trademark in an attempt to foil Sonia's emerging brand, but it was actually denied. Again, total power move. I don't think Bethany like really maybe even wanted it. It was, this is all totally. just press. I mean, for both of them, but better press for Bethany, yeah. I would say. And Bethany really didn't need to worry. I found zero evidence that a bottle of Tipsy Girl was ever purchased anywhere by anyone, despite a photo of several dozen cases sitting in what looks to be a warehouse on the Tipsy Girl Instagram, which is not active. Now, I can almost hear you and our listeners screaming from the future when they're listening to this. What about the toaster? Thank you so much, Rebecca, <laughs> because why have we not done this? Oh, my gosh. I feel like if there were a thesis paper we had to write to, like, defend the existence of our podcast, it would include the Sonia Martin toaster oven, right? Yeah. Like, this is something that needs exploration and research. Well, if you recall, the Sonia Morgan toaster oven was the predecessor to Tipsy Girl Prosecco, a kitchen appliance many of us are still holding our breath for. Despite it being a driving storyline for Sonia, and frankly, a conversation subject even today, this toaster oven was never created and honestly probably never even planned to be. But it did not stop Bethany from adding fuel to the toaster flames when she casually mentioned on an Instagram story just last year, she was cooking one of her, I'm sorry, but weird, yeah. like diet recipe foods that don't look like mm -hmm. what she's saying it is. It was like a flatbread, but it looked- Oh, it's like her pizza that just- Yes, mm -hmm. it, just, it was not good. And so she's putting in this contraption and she was like, don't worry, I'm totally working on a hybrid toaster type device for you guys to make these in. And I'm sorry, you can't play stupid and smart. Like Bethany knew exactly what totally. she was saying when she said that. And the whole internet went crazy like, how dare she? Because the world thinks the toaster oven belongs to Sonia Morgan. Like she has more of a trademark on that product that never existed than on Tipsy Girl. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like that is so closely tied to Sonia's brand, if you will, that like people were mad. Even Bethany Stans were mad that she dared mention toaster. Yeah, that is in low, reference to Sonia. Low. Like yeah. of all yeah, yeah, she yeah. can own everything else. I don't care. Correct. She can own Luann's, you know, entire cabaret, but you do not touch the Sonia Morgan toasters. A hundred percent. And she's smart because she did it on an Instagram story. She knew in 24 hours it would be gone. Yep. And sure, Ugh. someone got a screen grab Dang of it, it but smart. like, prove it. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. So there are as many people in stories about Bethany creating a cheater brand about an actual appliance that she very likely will make because Sonia is just that legendary <laughs> that people still want this, yeah. the toaster oven to be exclusively hers. So Bethany's a machine. She has dozens, if not hundreds of registered trademarks. When I was researching for this, I mean, just a litany of words that Whoa. she has she owns now because they have future ideas. And I feel like I'm 
well, I'm not really like, it's not breaking news because anybody could look these up, but she's got her daughter's name in, in front of oh, all I'm these sure. words. Like she's clearly going to like, she has big dreams yeah. in the future. One did ca- catch my eye that I wanted to mention called Thirsty Girl, which is a line of non-alcoholic beverages, which I'm like kind of excited for and curious to see. Yeah. Okay. So that is in a nutshell what happened with Tipsy Girl and Skinny Girl. I'm also showing these on the Zoom behind me, which we'll post on social media. I don't think either of these brands aesthetically are very strong. Like to me, Bethany's, because you could use a rebrand, like it looks a little dated. Yeah. Sonia's is a mess. Looks like a middle school graphic design student did it. Honest to goodness, if I designed one, it would be Sonia's and I would be kind of proud of it. But then (laughs) (laughs) I see other people's faces and be like, oh, this this wasn't it. (laughs) I mean, it's fine. It's just not like, you know, it's not fine. No, it's not fine at all. It's fine for you or me to make for something on our Instagram. It Mm -hmm. is not okay to put that label on a bottle of wine if you are a Morgan. Yeah. Um, how do you rule in the findings of Tipsy Girl versus Skinny Girl? Who do you rule in favor of? Okay, I rule in favor of Bethany, but with the caveat that I felt for Sonia. And if she made a toaster oven today, I'd get rid of my air fryer in in a heartbeat. hundred percent to put to put it there. What would I make? Toast bagels. That's about it. Imagine if she had put her name on an air fryer, like as the air fryer stuff came out. She missed Boom. a real opportunity. Skinny girl that- gone. Rebecca, what is your ruling now? What was your ruling be? I think I have to go with you on this one. I I I think Bethany wins. I think her instinct was right. Mm-hmm. I think it was a crappy thing to do as a friend. Yeah. Um, to protect, you know, to choose a name that wasn't distinct. Like she should have gone to her and been like, "Help me name this prosecco brand." Absolutely. Like, Help me do some market research. Like, what are the trends? I mean, she she really she missed an opportunity totally. there. I also feel really bad for Sonia. Mm-hmm. I also, another business that I don't know if she ever really launched are those cool loafers she wore yeah. on this one trip. They were like her family crest on yeah. them. I was like, I'll like like make a design for those of us who don't have a family crest, put them on some loafers. Like I'll wear those. Yeah, those were adorable. I love those. So I feel like a lot of people could get behind something she makes. And I know her dresses were doing well oh, yeah. at Century 21. Of course they go under of during course. the pandemic. Like. Sonia doesn't have the best luck, but um, I'm going to have to rule for skinny girl Bethany on this one. Got it. Okay. Well, speaking of drinks, why don't we take a quick water break to hear a word from this week's sponsors, all of whom are very much not Cheetah Brands. (laughs) Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, well, let's stick with my booze clue for our second brand story and dive into the Loverboy Legal Woes, which... Kyle made sure we knew all about during his meltdown towards the end of this season. For anyone who doesn't watch Summer House, Loverboy is an alcoholic beverage company that they make these slim, attractive canned drinks. They are um, hard spiked teas and mixed cocktails in a can. 
They're also low sugar and low carb. So when you're partying in the Hamptons, you can drink them excessively while making sure your calorie count doesn't get too high. And the Hamptons is where the cast of Summer House spends their summers. That's the whole premise of the show for anyone who doesn't watch. A group of New York City friends who live together in a house during the summer in the Hamptons. I was late to the uh, Summer House party. Mm -hmm. So glad I came. Watched it in reverse. Yep. Which is weird, mm -hmm. like a fever dream, but really cool because I saw it all happening like in backwards motion. Like right. things started making sense. It's like, like the movie Memento. Retroactively. It's one of my favorite movies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Also Groundhog's Day, weirdly, because I'm like, wow, that started then and is still happening mm -hmm. now. Like you see the patterns. So Kyle and his first girlfriend, then turned fiance, now wife. I would say, well, I guess they're all primary characters, but they're like a central piece because they're the only couple until recently. Right. They were all single people in, and meshed together, but they were the, the couple in the center. And their relationship drives a lot of the show's story, but he is not the number one guy in the group, and that is important to know. Ooh. So, well, just in general about Summer House, not for the story. Um, let's take a listen to what will set up my story because I think it's important that we hear this in Kyle's words. Okay. I first want to say, sorry for hitting the table. Look, I don't burden you guys with my problems. I'm in a lawsuit. I've spent $200,000 on legal fees this month. I'm $4 million in debt with the loan for my business. Everything is on the line. I'm expanding into eight states in the next week. Our florist. We had no idea the flowers dropped out. You no, know, everyone's worried about their prom outfit. I'm dealing with a little more no. substantial. I love, like, I love the roundup and it being like, and now we don't have um, a florist. Like, buddy, that is the least of your problems. <laughs> Please leave that off when complaining about your already <laughs> extremely privileged position and life. Like, start at the other direction. Maybe start with the exactly. flowers build, and lead up. Build up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I know I saw your ears perk up when he said, $200,000 on legal fees this month. I don't know if that like goes right over everyone's ears when they watch, but for you and me on this show, it's like get out the notes app on your phone, like note to self, look that up yeah. because that is insane. So of course I needed to know what was going on there. Got to Googling and I don't know, Loverboy might need to change their name to Poor Boy because... <sighs> He is in two very expensive, or was in two very expensive legal issues. So the first one that I want to talk about speaks directly to the heart of today's episode, brand identity. Okay. I'm going to do a quick um, little switch here on my background. All of these images Melissa's seeing, I'm going to share on social media. Have you had a lover boy? I haven't. Mm -mm. I don't even or know that I've lover boy? seen them. Yeah. No one both. I know they're aiming for more states like he mentioned somewhere on that show they're going into eight more states so i don't think it's national yet but it's very much centered in the tri-state area right. because he is new york city like it's a hamptons new york city thing for sure and i think they're slowly expanding so i don't drink them but i can judge them by the design like i do books and such and i have to say it's a cool design yep. like they're they're cute they're modern i find them very fresh and attractive the packaging etc if it were a contest between Tipsy Girl and even Skinny Girl yeah. and Lover Boy, like hands down to me, Lover Boy aesthetically Same. would win. 
Now, we know that Kyle's now wife, Amanda, is Loverboy's graphic designer and brand manager. Kyle constantly praises her for her amazing design of the logo and the creation of the brand's merch, which I have to say is very cute. They do bucket hats and baseball hats and sweatshirts, all of which I would wear. They're very cute. It's probably the only thing he's super nice and supportive about. For sure. In terms of Amanda. And it, right? Yeah. And like, isn't that where the majority of their money comes from is merch? I remember maybe last season. Is that something you're sharing? Um, no, oh, go, okay. No, please. But I feel like it was like this, the season before where they were saying, yeah, the majority of our sales is merch. So she's kind of, at least a while ago, the whole business was her designs. Yeah, which is so smart because I would think these drinks probably sell more seasonally, especially in this part of the country where you're not drinking these as much in the winter as you would Mm -hmm. be the summer to have sweatshirts and stuff that would sell year round is so smart. And I did read an article where I forget what the amount of sales was one weekend, but it rivaled like their overall quarter of sales for the beverages. So, yeah, and and that is from her creativity Mm -hmm. and her work. We think. Yeah, I was going to say possibly. (laughs) So I am not the only one who likes the Loverboy logo. Obviously, everybody does who's buying this merch. And somebody else very specifically liked this. You might be curious who. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the owner of a New York City bar located in the East Village called Loverboy. Hmm. Loverboy Inc., the owner of Loverboy Bar, identified as Moss Isley LLC, sued Kyle and Loverboy Beverages for trademark infringement in September 2020, according to court documents filed in New York City. Now, Melissa, yes, could you please describe for listeners the lover boy to my left and the lover boy to my right? Okay, so the lover boy to your left is a capital L written in almost a mom's and murder pink, if I'm being quite honest. Yes, um, written close out. to a dialogue. Hot yeah, pink, actually, oh, and criminality. <laughs> I think we have a theme here. Um, the L is capitalized, basically, and in the other one, the L is lowercase. And I have to be honest, not seeing a whole lot of difference. The R and the B are separated on one. I mean, that's it. Yeah. So, and and it's like a script, right? It's like yeah, a casual. It's not quite a fancy. Right. It's cursive. not a fancy cursive. It's in between, mm-hmm. like, it's like it's a, a penmanship casual script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are differences. Like, I would say the Lover Boy of Summer House has a little more like a slant to it, and yeah. a little more like movement. And the Lover Boy Bar is in a straighter line, but they are both in the the hot pinkish color family and the lover boy bar is a lowercase l as you stated like that's the biggest difference but i would think if you weren't looking at these closely very similar totally so lover boy the bar opened up in june of 2017 sadly the bar has closed again i mean so so many great new york city establishments have closed due to the pandemic they were known for amazing pizza and slushy drinks i read Mm -hmm. i've never got to go sadly but sounds like something i could totally get behind So the bar sues Loverboy for trademark infringement, claiming that Kyle used the name that they had already registered and that their logos were too similar. The owner of the bar wanted Kyle to pay damages for willful infringement. Mm. So I just want to call out the Bravo Docket, a podcast that covered this and had great write-ups about this that made it very easy for me to read and understand. So um, a lot of what I say next is directly from the Bravo Docket, which, again, 
great lawyers doing the Lord's work in the Bravo world <laughs> and breaking down these these complicated legal jargons right. into more manageable terms. So Loverboy responds by saying, listen, your cocktail bar is lo- like limited to the audience that it's going to pull in real life. We're selling a goods and service that can go way beyond the region. Right. So there's really not a customer confusion issue here. You're a local bar. We're going to be like a national product. Yeah. Loverboy also filed a counterclaim seeking declarative relief from the court, saying it had every right to use the name and it didn't infringe on the trademark. So now they're kind of in like a battle of lawsuits. Again, according to the Bravo docket, this was settled out of court and subsequently dropped. So I assume that Loverboy, the beverage company, prevailed because neither the name nor the logo of Loverboy Summerhouse have changed. So again, I assume it has been put to rest and settled out of court. I would say that two things can have the same name. It happens a lot even in podcasting. And a lot of times you just don't know someone. You can't see everything and know everything, even if you Google it. For me, it's the font choice and the color. I think if they did know, which nobody can prove and they've never admitted to knowing that Loverboy the Bar existed, they could have gone all caps. They could have gone not pink. There's a few things they could have done or could have changed to really I guess, alleviate the situation. But that was not the lawsuit that Kyle was breaking down about at the table. The one that was current right before he got married was the second lawsuit, which has to do with a distributor called Night Shift. Again, bravo docket, broke it down. Here's what happened. Loverboy basically went into business with a distribution wholesaler. Okay, You make a product, another company says, we will we have the relationships with the stores. We will like get it to them. Sure. Simply put. So they had this agreement, but on December 1st, 2020, not long actually after the Loverboy infringement suit, uh-huh. Loverboy canceled, at, wanted to basically break the contract. So they gave a notice of termination to the agreement saying that in one month, effective January 3rd, 2021, we're not going to use you anymore. And that was all as per the initial contract they signed. That was totally fine to do. Either party could walk away with this written notice in a certain period of time. However, it would have been fine, but less than one week after Loverboy canceled its agreement with Night Shift, a new law in the state of Massachusetts, which is where Night Shift is passed, saying that, I want to get this right, the rules for canceling agreements with beverage wholesalers now required certain repayment to the distributor when terminating an agreement. Like, just... Out of the blue, the law changed. That is so, so basically, specific. I know. <laughs> it is such dumb luck. Honestly, yeah. like, they really didn't do anything wrong. Right. It just was unfortunate. Oh, man. So now this had to go to court, and a judge had to decide, do I apply this retroactively, or yeah. are you safe? Because when you signed in. this, exactly, where, you know, this was this didn't apply when you signed. So the Alcoholic Beverage Control Commission ruled that the new law did apply retroactively and thus any disputes under the new law had to be arbitrated or go into like a settlement phase and that night shift might be entitled to compensation. So what I think happened is that they entered that phase of arbitration where they're like arguing about who's going to pay what. Then Loverboy decides to sue Night Shift for fraud, saying that they were tricked into a contract. So this gets litigated for several months. Eventually, the parties agree to settle. And when they settled, it was September 9th, 2021. So almost a year later and just weeks before Kyle and Amanda's wedding. So 
the breakdown kind of makes sense. This was building and building and was very expensive. Apparently they did end um, amicably without prejudice, all of that stuff, but privately, confidentially out of court. Yeah. So we have two rulings for you, Melissa. How do you rule in the matter of Kyle's Loverboy versus the New York City Loverboy Bar? Ooh, I think the Loverboy Bar definitely should have won or whatever. Should have made the other Loverboy change their logo because it is... It's one thing to have the same name, like you were saying. Like, there's a band called Loverboy. Like, there's just only so many words. But this is way... This is cheater brand all over it, if you ask me. But then the other one, barring that I don't understand everything under this contract thing, I feel like it should have been grandfathered in because that law was, oh, that law sounds like somebody with an active vendetta against Kyle right? came up with that. <laughs> like a high school bully, <laughs> his high school, somebody that he made fun of went to yeah. law school and was like, this is all, this is it. This is what yeah. I have to do. I'm going to ruin his life. And that's the law I'm going to write. And, and they did. Yeah, it. I can buy that. Yeah. I am with you a hundred percent. Honestly, the lover boy bar thing, like even in terms of like your own street credibility in New York City like that's where their headquarters are it's like respect a bar that was there before you you're a alcohol drink like be a community member it's yeah it just I don't think it makes them look good Mm -mm. like to to keep it and to disregard this like little not little but like an independent bar I just I just think it could have been a very easy change Mm -hmm. and um I don't think it would have drastically changed anything for their company So I agree with you there. And then I also agree that I think this was unfair that they got thrown into this with their distributor because it sounds like the breach, not the breach of contract, the termination of notice was completely within the bounds of their original contract. The fact that this law changed is so unlucky. Oh, man. Makes me laugh a little bit. But I I would rule in favor of um, Loverboy, not Night Shift in that as well. Okay. Wow. We we are basically lawyers. Uh, Kim Kardashian we are criminality court <laughs> that's gonna be our spinoff bring us your matters and oh, we will make a that ruling that would be fun <laughs> that would be i, I can totally to get a gavel <laughs> yeah gavels and collars yeah and, oh, i love it okay well let's do one more shall hey. we so that's it for the booze stories but we have one more bravo and obviously these have all been brands and this one has to do with my favorite animal whales which when I was writing this, I realized I should have and could have said baleen, the Latin word for whales. Aww. <laughs> Neither here nor there. So for this story, we're staying in the tri-state area, but we're leaving New York, going a little bit further south to New Jersey. We're going to discuss the business troubles and cheater brand attached to Margaret Joseph's. Now, I always knew she had products, but I had no idea what they were, no what her business or brand is called. Is it called Margaret Joseph's? You two? Yeah, well, it's like, it's a weird thing on Jersey. I don't feel like we get to know any of their brands. Thank you, Jesus, besides Envy, <laughs> which again, thank you, Jesus herself owns it. But besides you that, sound we like don't. Melissa with your right? Jesus thinking. Um, but besides that, we don't really know any of their, I don't feel like we ever have to deal with the brands as much as we do on others. So when this comes up with Margaret, I, I don't have any idea. Like when you're starting to talk about it, I'm like, did I just miss this season? I don't know. I know nope, a little nope. of the story, but they didn't really share much. No, I feel exactly the same way. I can't wait to introduce you to this. Okay, so when we meet Margaret in season eight of Real Housewives of New Jersey, we learn 
a lot of things about her. She was divorced, her ex-husband to get with her contractor, who's her now husband, mm -hmm. Joe Bonino. Lots of about her personal life. She was so vulnerable about sharing and she got flack for it too from the other women. But not a lot about her business, except that her business was in legal trouble with a, <clears throat> what Margaret calls a competitor from a little business called Vineyard Vines. Are you familiar with Vineyard Vines? It sounds familiar, but it could just be like double talk. Oh, 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 oh. But I, I might assume, not be. No, maybe it's also regional. It's a very like New England style, kind of a preppy cousin to Lily Pulitzer. Look at me, Rebecca. Look at me and tell me <laughs> that brand again. Does this look like anything that knows about Vineyard Vines? You can't even make it through the sentence. You can't. <laughs> yeah, I would think in Florida you would know all about Vineyard Vines. It's pastels. I it's don't preppy. know. It's... Lily okay. Pulitzer, I do know. Probably okay. three years it's... after she was popular. Okay, so it's a cousin to that. Not actually. Like, the brands are not related. In Florida, like they would that, be. but cheaper. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's Sorry. so good. So I'm curious, listeners, have you heard of Vineyard Vines? Please let us know. You know what, Melissa? I think let's have, let's hear from Margaret herself. Okay. I'm coming off a rough couple of years. I had a horrible lawsuit with Vineyard Vines. They're my competition. And they accused me of stealing their logo, which I did not do. I mean, this looks like a f***ing swamp. Maybe we should take the cover off and empty it. Uh -huh. That way it doesn't look like a, a swamp. swamp. <laughs> I know. I settled for around $300,000 because I could not afford to go to trial. It's so sad because I love it so much. I filed bankruptcy in my business. They put a lien on my property. Careful, Miriam, careful. Don't break a cankle. Don't worry. I'm up to my eyeballs and legal bills. Oh, yes, I do know that. I know the little whale. Okay. Okay, oh, good. God. But I've never no, said no. it out loud. And I've never, look, I just, I acknowledge the whale and what the whale stands for. Well, then that might greatly affect your ruling in this matter because the fact that you associate that whale, that when you saw that whale, you then knew we were talking about Vineyard Vines, not Margaret Joseph's brand, is exactly Vineyard Vines point. Yeah. The whale is essential to their brand identity. And that's exactly what they, this was actually, we couldn't have rehearsed this reaction. <laughs> also, uh, Margaret Joseph is looking like Christine Quinn up there in the corner, isn't she? Yeah. I actually thought that was like a good look for her. It is. I'm just surprised. Um, yeah, I know it is. It's different. So Vineyard Vine dates all the way back to 1998, but they didn't start using that whale as part of their logo and brand identity until 2003. But speaking of 1998, that is the year that Margaret had an epiphany for her business. So she was previously a designer. She went to FIT, graduated, was like a living, working, legitimate designer. And one of the few housewives whose business was booming pre-housewives. Like mm. she came on and we knew she had this business again, but we had no idea what it was. So I found this really cute article from 2012, CNN Money. And I say cute because it was like, I don't know, articles in 2012 looked really different. Yeah. Maybe I'll post it. Anyway, it's about how this like stay-at-home mom launched her business. Mm. So the year was 1998 and Margaret had her first idea, decorative metal buckets. Okay. <laughs> she went to Home Depot, bought a few plain metal buckets and painted them. Mm. She brought them to a local store in her neighborhood and they she did 20. They sold out in two days and she thought, I'm on to something. 
Now, at the time, she was raising her son with her husband Mm -hmm. and um, his three stepkids. So four kids. She had stepped away from her job as a designer, home with all these kids. She's like a creative, like busy, like she liked working. Mm And her house was in complete chaos. And she's like, I need to organize and I want it to be cute. And, you know, she's very into like her home and design. So she starts making these buckets and it just blew up and then evolved into licensing a plethora of home decor and accessories. And eventually she moved into fashion. In 2012, at the time this article was written, her annual sales were $26 million. What? Yes. Essentially, she just licenses products under her brand and sells them to retailers. If you have bought like a cute office good from Staples, Target, or Home Goods, you have likely owned one of Margaret Joseph's products. Her brand, you might be wondering by now, what is it called? The Macbeth Collection. Why do you think she named it the Macbeth Collection? Because CNN asks her. Listen, Rebecca, this has to do with literature, and I can't help you. What? Tell me the answer, Lady Macbeth. Well, she just. She just thought it sounded regal. Okay, well, that's about <laughs> as much sense as I just made. So no, yeah, no, good. it's just it's so <laughs> precious. I'm just like, it's one of Shakespeare's great tragedies. Like a lot of people died. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like that makes of sense. all the of all the like regal royal names mm-hmm. to do Macbeth. It's like like the guy killed the king. The wife kills takes her own life. Like it gets dark. Yeah, yeah, pretty quickly. But who but cares? That's, all, that's like, the whole thing. Floral clipboards. Yeah. You know, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So Margaret's business is booming, and one of her products was featured in a magazine spread, and it was this, to my left, clear cosmetic pouch with this adorable green whale. And Vineyard Vines spotted this and was like, oh, no, 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 no. They promptly sued Macbeth and said, this is trademark infringement, that the whale design is essential to its signature brand, and they wanted $12 million in damages. Wait, for this singular thing? No, that's what I thought at first. Then... Upon researching, she had it on shorts. She had it on beach towels. She had the whale. The whale became one of her very popular designs. Sure. And when you look at the profile of the whale, it looks very much. Now, it doesn't have the eye or the smile, which is essential to the Vineyard Vines whale, but it's the same whale otherwise. Mm So according to Women's Word Daily, a rep for Vineyard Vines said, one of our most well-known symbols of the Vineyard Vines brand is our fanciful whale design. And as I mentioned, Vineyard Vines was established in 1998 and began using that part of their logo in 2003. So many years prior to her beginning to use it. A judge ruled that Macbeth Collection is not responsible for $12 million in damages, but that they had to pay something. They just felt that was not the right amount. Yeah. So Vineyard Vines was trying to get payment for two types of damages. I learned about two types of damages. There are liquidated and statutory Statutory seems to be more like very specific injuries and kind of something tangible that you can prove. Okay. Liquidated damages is like everything else that is harder to prove but caused damage. Okay. The judge is like, you can't collect on both. Like Vineyard Vines was trying to get both and you're legally not allowed to do that. So they seem, in my opinion... A little predatory, a little more shark-like, if you will. Less whales, more sharks. Yes. Just thought of that. Um, And they were like, pick a damage. And they were like, okay, we're going to go with liquidated. The parties negotiated and settled on $300,000 that Macbeth Collection would have to pay them that. So settled. Except not. Because 
A year plus into the settlement or after the settlement, Macbeth had only paid half of the amount and allowed one of its licensees to continue selling the infringed oh product. Oh my gosh. Which was like the biggest part of the agreement right. was like, and you have to pull the whale product from every retailer. Now, Macbeth Collection, of course, said, we told everyone to, okay. we cannot physically yeah. do it. And so one of the people didn't participate, but that, you know, is going to go down on the company. Yeah. So the judge said, well, you have to pay the unpaid portion, which was like 130000 and now you have to do another $500,000 oh for damages. Oh, my gosh. So in addition to this, jo uh, Margaret will have to pay for the yet-to-be-determined amount of legal fees Vineyard Vines has had to accrue during this time. And in June 2017, Vineyard Vines filed a motion saying, our legal fees are $9.2 million. So... <laughs> What? Now she's on the hook again for multi-multi-millions. Vineyard Vines also asked the court to hold Margaret Josephs and her brand in civil contempt because this was all getting to be taking so long and they yeah. could not get their money. This all happened in a Connecticut court because I guess that's probably where Vineyard Vines is headquartered. But in New York, Margaret decided to start fighting back because Vineyard Vines was trying to go after her housewife's salary. They were Ooh. trying to put a lien and intercept her income from the production company, ITV, to get their money, which is what yeah, debt happens. collectors mm -hmm. will do to get their money. I don't know about private companies. Like, I'm aware, like, when the IRS does that. Sure. I don't know what happens when, like, Vineyard Vines wants to do that. So Margaret was like, no, I'm filing a petition against Vineyard Vines. They can't take my revenue. Yeah. I need this to properly pay them back and to keep my life afloat. So the companies did settle. She won that suit, and then they settled in a confidential agreement. The conclusion is basically that Margaret's company, the Macbeth Collection, is both active but also bankrupt or, like, in yeah. some stage of bankruptcy. Okay. So I can't quite tell if that's just a phase she's going to go through and file and then, like, continue and or... I, I'm not sure, yeah. but everything I read seemed contradictory, but also pretty clear that she is both in bankruptcy, but it's like alive. Like her website is active. Yeah. And that's a little picture of it right there, Yikes. which I'll post. This quote from Margaret and Women's Wear Daily kind of made me sad. She said, quote, it's been going on for so long. It's very hard for a smaller woman owned company to defend itself against a much larger company, even when they're in the right. Yeah. Mm. So. And that's kind of what we felt like. And I have to say, when I, in my research for this, I saw a few other cases pop up of Vineyard Vines suing this little tourist t-shirt shop in Maine yeah. who sell like a life is good in Maine shirt with a whale. Like, I really don't think a lot of people who put those t-shirts out in their little mom and pop shop were thinking of Vineyard Vines. No. They might have even seen the whale and been like, that's cute. Totally. I'd like one too on these t-shirts that I'm selling for $24 mm -hmm. at my little store. Like, it is both trademark infringement and also not yeah. ill-intentioned. I think there's like a little gray area and I think Vineyard Vines is doing just fine. This is a store that exists only in super high-end malls and towns and cities. Like, it's not, it's just like, a high-end brand. I just don't think they need to go after the little guy so aggressively. Totally. You know? And I feel well, like... I think I just gave away my ruling. Yeah, but. no. I feel <laughs> the same way, though. But because um, I feel like you could even say, hey, I don't know. <laughs> this is just me. We kind of ran into something with Moms and Murder where somebody had used our exact name. And it's a very... I mean, that's... It's a pretty specific name. But very. instead of 
being like, let's get attorneys involved, blah, blah, blah. We just said, hey, not sure if you knew this, but our show has been around for five years. You know, this is the name, blah, blah, blah. The person changed it. No harm, no foul. I feel like in some of these cases with smaller companies, it would a big company could say easily like, this is our thing. If you want to keep going, we can go. But you know, exactly. you can't sell whales on your stuff. Why? Why go after people like that? I, I, I hate that. I hate that. Also, keep the whales out of it. <laughs> you love your um, whales. They're a protected species. No, but like if Margaret, I feel like now that I'm thinking about it. She could have been like, yeah, let's rip the whale off everything and we'll do turtles or crabs or maybe not crabs. Honestly, turtles. though, Rebecca, <laughs> whales are superior. So none of that Agreed. is going to work. Oh, they are the superior sea mammal. They are mammals, by the yeah. way. Um, I did So, So that's the story of um, cheater brands. There's yeah. so many. These are but three. And I uh, really enjoyed investigating me them. too okay can i do my final ruling for margaret because i don't i kind oh, of yes like i thought we did it. please formally okay how do you rule I, yeah i this is criminality court Gavel time so um <laughs> court. i'm very excited me about too. this <laughs> so um so with margaret joseph slash christine quinn up there in the corner i feel like the first settlement or whatever the three hundred thousand dollars that seems very fair to me that seems she sold some stuff okay but the whole nine million or whatever that that is so egregious and selfish and I I I yes. hate it so much. Like big business, I don't know. It just makes me angry because I could agree with everything, and it seems like she she even agrees and says, "Hey, yeah, that is yes. too close. We'll take it off. We'll do whatever. Right. I'll pay you this." But to try and put a lien on, I don't know. That's just too far. And she had paid half, which I feel like is a very good faith gesture. Right. Like if she paid half within a year, she's going to pay the other half. It's just going to take a, a minute. Lot of she's, money. you know, trying to finish her ballroom. Like, yeah, come on, God, guys. Get, get a grip. Have you seen her caftans? They're, they don't make themselves. Those pigtails? Exactly. How many rubber bands does she have to buy? It, it's the a lot. creamer that she has to keep stocked so that it's always cold for those purse trips she, like come on vineyard vines i know she should be getting kicked back on those creamers though absolutely if she were smart yeah she could take care of this debt in no time yeah so i hope she she ends on the upside of Me this sonia too um Loverboy, i'm not really yeah, concerned about like the four million dollars in debt sounds very unwise to me but like you know they'll figure it out yeah um, but yeah, Margaret and Sonia, like, I would like to see them prevail. Bethany, again, not worried about her mm -hmm. at all. Um, yeah, but I, I do find this area of law very interesting. If only I could understand the contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for, thanks for playing oh, along with it. me. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah, super fun. So when we weren't talking about different things this week mm -hmm. I bet you were watching some things and I really need a new show so <sighs> hit me because oh god I'm already getting hate for um not liking seeking sister oh, you wife should. which you should yeah, I know. <laughs> you had a very aggressive tiktok which actually I didn't I when you said to put it on tiktok because you had put it on yours I read it as twitter so I put it on twitter but I didn't oh, tag good. you but I was aggressive <laughs> on my response um, oh shoot! I, I didn't seen realize. That yet. Like afterwards, I was like, "She's gonna think I didn't tag her on purpose," and I just it just slipped my mind. Um, I didn't think it was aggressive. I no, honestly just funny. picked the lowest hanging fruit. TikTok it was so I could funny. Make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I loved <sighs> it. I, I uh, come on, I'm not offended by it. I told you it was gonna be trash. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that didn't go over well. Okay, but I have something. And Rebecca, I 
honest to goodness think this is the only thing I've watched since the last time I talked to you. And that's not <gasps> to say that I don't know, but that's no, not, I'm excited. Well, I messed it up so badly last time. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to know. So All right. get to it. Okay. Here are my clues. Doctors, Atlanta, Bravo. Did I already tell you this? No, okay. but I think I know okay, for is once. Is it married to medicine? Married to medicine. Rebecca. The revelation I have had with this show, I am obsessed. It's all I've watched for literally two weeks. Oh, wait, are there different cities and is one in L.A.? And have I watched that? Um, I, think, I yes. think there is one in L.A. now and there was maybe one in Houston. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know okay. if you've watched it. I don't think we've talked about it, but it is I did watch LA. It's but so I was just good. confused if they were their own franchises, like Housewives, or is it just Married to Medicine one show? I no, it's different. It's different franchises. So okay, so Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So Atlanta. So okay. it's either you're a doctor or you're mm-hmm. married to a doctor. Yes, and, love it. Yeah, one doctor is married to another doctor, but a lot okay. of this show is really the relationships between the spouses. So mm. you see a lot of. Um, drama within there but you see real life medicine things so there's dr jackie she's an OBGYN, and dr simone and they've been friends forever and they just have the sweetest best relationship those two together and dr jackie is so sweet if you watch the first season she talks a lot about weight and gets on to people about weight because she's a two-time breast cancer survivor she looks at obesity as being part of so anyway so Mm. the first season we're talking like eight or nine years ago. So you have to kind of take it in that vein to be like, okay, we would not say that to somebody now. Right. But the sweetest woman in the world. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I want to hug her. And then Simone is married to this guy named Cecil, who is my new uh, Bravo crush. Just <gasps> a soft-spoken, loving man who just <laughs> supports his wife, even though they now have a North house and a South house. But there's so much drama with like infighting but i love they take couples trips and it's so fun and it's just like what i wish the housewives were now and like oh i feel like the housewives like i've been in a little bit of a decline lately i listen to recaps of uh watch what crap and so i i know what's going on yeah but i haven't really felt super into it lately yeah and so this was just like the bravo i needed and Ronnie and Ben, they love Married to Medicine, and I just haven't started it, and I hadn't started it, and I just, like, am so obsessed. I'm listening to their old recaps. Like, I'm in it. Wait, so they recap it currently, too? Well, not right this second, but, yeah, they have in the past. Um, okay. So it oh, was good. one of those like that my... I never listened to because yes. I didn't watch the show, but I heard the name's Quad, and so I – and Dr. Heavenly, she's got, like, this very high-pitched – she's a dentist, but she's just – Is that her first or last name? First. And she'll tell oh you, she'll say, Google me. So she <laughs> is a dentist, but she's like, I don't know. There's just so much like freshness to the show. I don't know. I've just, I've loved it. And Oh, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, it's, and I will say the first season I was like, it was just a lot of people to like kind of tr- keep uh-huh. track of and like, you know, figure out who you enjoyed and who you didn't and stuff. And I yeah. absolutely am just like. There's been like uh, legal battles within there. There's been fights where people have done restraining orders like it's everything we want in housewives okay but the couple part of it is really refreshing and just like seeing them sitting on the couch together talking in the talking heads and like 
I don't know. It's just so different that I love it. But it, it does remind me of old housewife stuff. Oh, I'm I'm in. And I feel like this is something I maybe can get my daughter in on because she's Ooh, yeah. into medicine. Yeah. Um, this might be just the show we There's need emergency this room doctors. There's Oh yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I love the OBGYN. So you get to see some of their patients. It's not like yeah. fully focused on that, but you get to right. kind of see what they deal with on a regular basis and being on call and I don't know. I just love it. Well, I also love a housewife with a career, mm-hmm. and so getting like glimpses of that, I always found interesting. Yeah, um, and I do think I watched Married to Medicine in this LA season, which had a couple women who had come from Atlanta. I and bet it was located Mariah. there. So there was like oh, a it was crossover Mariah for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't like it. Was I did like it, but it didn't like keep me. But I feel like I'm, the Atlanta one is where I should start. Totally. So Mariah actually, she's married to. A guy, Dr. Aiden. Um, I can't remember what kind of doctor he is, but he is. I'm like going way too long on this, but she, I think, oh, is. Oh, no, I love it. She's an executive producer on the show. She actually brought the show, I guess, to Andy Cohen or something. That's, That's like the cool. idea. Yeah. But they kicked her off the second season. So she's like on and off because she causes so much trouble. But that's like fascinating to me, right? That you can be run Wait. off your own show. Is she still producer? Uh, yeah, I think or so. But she's completely... like on and off. It's it's crazy. Like every season oh, starts and I'm like, is Mariah going to be here? And sometimes that's... you'll hear her and sometimes you I love it. I love it. Wild. And one couple has tax problems. They just like all of a sudden say they owe $170,000 in taxes. $170,000 <laughs> in taxes. And they were just like upfront about it. And I was like, this is wow. truly amazing. That's refreshing. Right? I love it. Uh, I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Sorry. That was very exciting, but that's been two weeks of my life. Just constant I'm really glad. Sometimes it's hard. Like, sometimes I want to even text you for a show, but um, I love when we hold out and then get to, like, gift one. (laughs) Um, I know we don't always land and we don't always love the other, but when we do, it's really fun. Okay, so I've got one for you. It's not so much a show as, like, a one-off. Okay. I guess you would call it a documentary, but don't think true crime and don't think boring what if I just don't think (laughs) or just don't think you're so good at guessing I bet you don't have to think you can just know but I kind of am trying to make this hard okay okay Netflix okay football awards season hold on is this JLo you're gonna (laughs) you're so good Yeah, I don't know how I got that. I just know that I keep seeing the TikTok that says Shakira would never whenever J-Lo goes up to and says like, I used to live in this house. And the guy's like, who are you? (laughs) Oh, my God. That's really funny. Yeah. So the doc is called Halftime. Oh, okay. And global superstar Jennifer Lopez reflects on her multifaceted career and the pressure of life in the spotlight. Man, it sounds terrible when I read that. Yeah. It is not. I loved this. And... I have a lot of respect, actually, for Jennifer Lopez and her career. I think she is really talented. I think she's part of a machine, and I don't always love that machine. I definitely don't think she needed to write a memoir, quote, write a memoir. Mm -hmm. I know we bring up this podcast every week, but I listened to the episode about her memoir on Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Unnecessary. Like, when you're a triple threat like her and you're dancing and singing and acting, like, no need to write a book. Acting? That's where... Okay, but did you see Hustlers? No, but I saw Selena, and she was great in that, but I won't. Great in Selena. That's how it all started yeah. for her, which you'll see in the doc. I won't. Fantastic in Hustlers. You won't watch it. No. <laughs> you can't. Here, I, let me tell you. Yeah, go ahead. Let me give sell you me like, on my, Sell me. My, okay, here's my 
I don't know if it's a hot take, but here is my take okay. on why I liked it. Okay. So much of JLo's lore and appeal and why we talk about her is in co- her in connection to the guy she is with. Okay. From P. Diddy to the backup dancer to Ben Affleck. Oh, Chris to Judd? Chris Judd the to uh, her husband, Benjamin Bratt? No, that was Julia Roberts' husband. Wait, Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony, yeah. I do get them confused. <laughs> Mark, right? It's always like her love life True. is as interesting and almost like outshines pretty amazing things she has done. Like yeah. her album sales, which I didn't pay attention to because like I know her radio hits, but like her album sales are insane. This hmm. I don't remember numbers well, but um, it's in the movie. This documentary is filmed in such a way that they are, like, not in the narrative at all. It is very J-Lo focused. Mm. It's focused on her family and her... I wouldn't say it's, like, her as a mother in, like, an annoying pandering, like, I want people to see this. Like, her kids just happened to run in and out of the scenes because they were following her for, like, a year. Huh. It's very intimate. It's very behind the scenes. And there is just literally no mention of any guys. And I have to think she wanted that to put out a story about herself with just her standing in like her success. And the only moment where one of them comes in is there's this one talking head moment, which is weird because there's no others and it's Ben Affleck. And he and annoyed me that it was him. Yes, I know. So now I know I'm like diminishing my whole argument. But it's this one little moment where he basically says, you know. I don't even remember what he said. Yeah, it sounds profound. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't. It was like kind of like, it doesn't that bother you, Mm. you know, that they um, don't listen to you, that she wanted something and they shouldn't get it or something. And she was like, I'm a Latina woman. Like, I'm used to it. And it was just, I think it was more to prove her point of view. Sure. That's the only time you see him. You see, you know, pictures of her with a guy. You see nothing about a breakup. She mentions a Mm. divorce, but it's in reference to like her kids and what was happening professionally. And I really... Like, I got a little more of a 3D understanding of who she is. You see her mom and dad and her sisters. And she was she was so talented. I mean, she was really plucked from, like, yeah. a talented group of dancers, but obscurity, and just blew up. I mean, she is just one of those crazy stories. Um, but she trained really, really hard for that. Yeah. And really, really wanted it. And it just, I don't know. I, I have to say it made me really admire her and want to go to the gym. Mm. Mm. Nothing makes me want to go to the gym, seeing nobody. But she, I, I think I really like dancing. Here, confession time. I really wish I was a dancer. Like when I see people dance in the way that she does, which is yeah. like you sweat and right. you work out. Dan- the dancing, the way she dances is a workout. Sure. Like I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And my husband's always like, yeah, we live in New York. You could go do that very a easily. Times. Yeah. And then I'm like, stop. Have you ever been to a Zumba class? Adding me. It's... I did used to do Zumba. They are, they're fun. I've been to hip hop dance classes. I do <gasps> get like it's intimidating because there are people there who really know how to do this. I said, I like doing it. I didn't say I was good. Um, An important distinction, but anyway, I felt really inspired and really also she's like 54 or something. Mm -hmm. And that's comforting to me that like, she's still just creating and living and loving and trying new things and being bold and taking care of her skin. Yeah. She just gives me hope (laughs) where she loses me is whenever she's like, every night I wash my face with dove. And I'm like, no, you don't JLo. You've done other things. I think it's olive oil. (laughs) 
No. And yes, of course she has. Of course she has. And she also probably works out twice a day for several hours. Like, this is not normal. No. Like, what she has but, I mean, achieved that is, physically. She is a machine. She is. She is a machine. She is so. I mean, that is what you will see as her work ethic yeah. is second to nobody. Like, she will outwork everybody. Yeah. I also saw this I can kind of heartbreaking that. moment. Totally. Yes. Like, that's, oh, my gosh. That's something not everyone can do. Not everyone I agree. Does. And. There was this moment between her and Shakira. That was also the really cool thing is it builds up to the halftime show. Right. That's why it's called halftime. And also it highlights her during the award season when she really got a lot of good press for once yeah. during um, Hustlers. Right. Yeah. Uh, but ends up not winning. And um, there's this moment between her and Shakira where JLo's kids like run up on stage and they're talking to her. And she's introducing them to Shakira. And she's like, oh, it's almost my son's birthday, too. Um, it's actually in two days, but I'm going to miss it. And it's, like, so not a big moment. It's not, like, a scene about that. Sure. It's just she says it, and they move on. But you just kind of see Shakira's little, like, heartbroken face for two seconds. And it just was like, man, it's hard to be a global pop star. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I think I've said too much. But I guess I feel like halftime, how you feel about Married to Medicine. It's, like, what I needed to see. That's totally it. Um, if I run out of things because I'm getting close to finishing Married to Medicine and I'm starting to hate a couple of the husbands, so I don't know how much longer I can. There's uh, only so many husbands we can tolerate. <laughs> I mean, barely one. Um, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so I, yeah, I can see myself. I can't make you any promises. Let's be honest here. I've said the same to you. Mm. I have no expectations. I just think you might be pleasantly surprised. And for anyone listening who is like, maybe I would watch that or mildly intrigued, do watch it. If you're at all interested, I think you will not be disappointed. Okay. Yeah. But I think you have to. I I think your exterior is too hard for it. I think it's fine. I mean, towards it, not in general, (sighs) towards it. Like you're not receptive towards it. So you're going to be. I'm trying. This is my. It's me with sister wife. It's fine. It's just not a fit. Okay. I did watch Keep Sweet. Did you? Per your recommendation. Oof. Dark. Yeah. Actually, I'm finishing it tonight. I have one more. Finish it and tell so me what dark. you think of the last scene. Because I was like, what in the world just happened? Okay, yeah, like, that's I right. You told me that. I think it ended. Yeah. It felt like there was like 30 seconds missing or something. I don't mm, know. Interesting. We did three. Um, like that kind of sister wife thing I can totally watch because it's culty and actually not okay. Right. So I understand it. Or I... I I don't know. My brain doesn't bend as much as when I watch Seeking Sister Wife. I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's very yeah, wild. It's just there used to be more to people on there that it was like a religious reason, and there was like mm-hmm. another Latter Day Saints and stuff. But now it's just like. But even that's weird because it's not like a troubling documentary exposing the fundamental issue. It's like just people doing that who want to share it, and but I just don't like. Think. It does. I'm sure. I'm believe it. Never a dull moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hit me with some more clues for our next story. Okay. I'm committed to this. I even right before looked through my list to see if I wanted to change it because I just feel like this is going to be a big episode in the sense that like there's just a lot going on. And I love it. Yeah, but I don't know if I love it during the summer when my kids are home. So here's, <laughs> here's what we're doing. It's a both and. Here's my three clues. Mother. Month. Meth. Wait, sorry. You. Oh wow. You broke <laughs> the internet. Totally froze on your second. So I have mother and meth. <laughs> mother, month, meth. Wow. Are we going with the alliteration all the time? Now? Not on purpose. I even thought of not doing it, but then I had two, and I was like, oh, I know the third one. Meth. Mother, 
month mm-hmm. meth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my gosh. Is it about? You got it. Is it really? You got it. You got it. I mean, I need a win. You Don't got be a mad. win. You got a win. So proud What's... of you. Wow, that was maybe my COVID brain is, is finally there. You go <laughs> leaving. Well, this is definitely a big one. My gosh, like this could be the pinnacle. No, let's not do that. That's too much okay, pressure. Sorry, no, I plan on finishing it the Sunday before. It's just going to be a whole thing. You know what? It's one of many. Yeah. MBD. Yeah. But I am excited. <laughs> cool. Well, let's do this again for sure. And um, this was so much fun as always. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, so much fun. Yeah. Quick note. Dialogue is on a summer hiatus. So please enjoy Moms and Murder on the weeks that we're not here. Every Tuesday, you can catch Melissa on that. And we are trying to be on TikTok at, wait, is it at Criminality Podcast TikTok? I hope not, but it might be. I'm pretty sure it is, Melissa. But I don't think we had any choices. <laughs> I'm sure we didn't, or we would have been a cheater brand. Yeah. Or we would have had to, like, you know. Might have had to steal that. Had a dispute. Yeah. But you can follow us there, but always on Instagram as well, of course, and Twitter, at Criminality Show. Yes. And if you would like to email us, I'm just giving everybody everything. Sorry, I don't know why. Um, Rebecca Criminality lives Show. at... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, criminalityshow at gmail.com. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. (laughs) That was weird. It was. I felt like I was single white femaleing you. Have a great two weeks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.